0: Human design, for me, I had to tweak it. I had to learn about it differently for those reasons it was made by a white man. So when I'm coming to it, it definitely was, oh, hey, this is great, but this doesn't apply to me as a Black woman living in today's society. I have to tweak it for myself. And I can't, you know, as a projector, just sit around and wait for an invitation. That doesn't work for me as a woman, and most importantly, as a Black woman, that doesn't work for me.
1: welcome back or welcome for the first time. Let It Out is a podcast that I host. My name is Katie Dilbao. I've been doing this since 2013 and basically I have conversations with people I admire like today's guest, A.C. Brown. She's a delight to speak with and listen to as we talk about in this episode and I highly recommend getting obsessed with all of her work that we mentioned from her company, Goodnight Darling, which we'll get into to working with her, following her. And I really love her podcast, which is called Is My Aura On Straight? And in this episode, we talk about her using her voice and how people love hearing her voice. And she hears that all the time, which you'll get to have an experience of in just a few moments. I love talking to her. We talked about sleep. We talked about romantic relationships, friendship. She gives such wise advice. We spoke about confidence in a way that really helped me. And we spoke about entrepreneurship in a really interesting way. And of course we spoke about human design because she is someone who uses human design in her Work as a tool, which we discuss, and we discuss how it fits with astrology. We talk about her trajectory of how she got into everything she's doing now. And I'm really excited for you to hear the conversation. Like I said, we do talk about human design, but we don't spend a ton of time getting into what it is, where it came from. And if you're new to human design, I suggest giving it a quick Google maybe going to AC's work and digesting a little bit of it before we get into this episode, you might want to pull up your chart to see what aura type you are. I'll leave the link to where to do that below. And you might want to know, if you do know human design, you might want to know your authority and your strategy since we talk about those aspects of human design a little bit in this conversation. And if you are curious more about human design, it's a system that I find Extremely useful and has made me feel more articulated than any other system I've found, really. Myers Briggs or astrology, I've really resonated with it. So, if you're curious about my human design more, we've done several episodes on the podcast over the last two years or so. I've spoken to two other projectors actually. Jenna Zoe in 2018 that was their first conversation on human design and then Erin Claire Jones at the beginning of 2019 in a live episode recorded at the assemblage in New York and then another live episode at the very end of 2019 that came out early this year and I'll link to all those episodes in the show notes as well Stick around at the end. I will give you a little update and some favorites, but I'm so glad you're here and listening. It means so much to me. Enjoy this episode with AC, and I will speak to you at the end. I'm so happy that you're here, AC. This is a conversation I've been really excited to have for a while, and I'm so happy that
0: we're finally doing it. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your patience with me, Katie. So, <laughs> this is Thank one, you.
1: I would wait forever to talk to you if I had to. This is going to be great. <laughs> well, thank um, you. I'm excited. So how, how are you right now? How are you taking care of yourself lately? How has the just, you know, 2020, the year of so many things, how has it been for you?
0: Uh, 2020 has been a very interesting place for me, filled with highs and lows, but most importantly, filled with highs of just digging deeper into my calling, my purpose, following the trails, you know, that's in alignment with my destiny and trying to balance it all and manage my energy. That's probably been the biggest thing. So
1: how do you do that? Being a projector, and we'll talk a bit about human design, but what are some ways that you balance your energy or some self-care practices that are non-negotiable for you in general and especially right now?
0: For me is doing mindless TV, doing things that I don't have to think. So watching reality shows, going on long walks with my dog, reading books, studying stuff that I'm interested in, anything where I really just get to not think and just get to be, that's probably the best self-care for me. And really not having to worry about what I need to do or how I need to do it. It's kind of and just finding the joy in doing nothing, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you feel like that's pretty specific to you or is that does that tend to be a projector thing of recharging in and and for people listening, we've had several human design conversations on this podcast, but a projector is one of the aura types of human design that both AC and I happen to be. But I relate to those self-care
0: practices myself, so I'm wondering if there's a through line with that. I think you have to figure out your own kind of self-care practice. I think projectors need to figure out which ways they can unplug. Or it's funny, I was talking to someone who's a projector earlier today and they were saying the same thing. It's really all about the feeling, whether we feel like something or not. So figuring out what feels good and what does not feel good to you is probably the biggest self-care practice that you'll ever do. And when you figure out what feels good, then you can do more of that. So when it comes to self-care, you can say, you know, well, I don't want to do this because this doesn't feel good. Or I do want to do this because this feels good or not.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it's a constant figuring out, you know, it's a constant, what feels good one day doesn't feel good another day. And when I do find something that feels good, I don't know if this is the case for you, but I want to grab it and hold on to it forever and be like, this routine worked, so I'm going to try to do
0: it forever. And that never really sticks either. I will agree that yes, <sighs> I do find things that I want to do frequently. And it just it really depends on the day. Sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and it's i don't want to say it's a hit or miss it really depends for me because my psychic channelness and all of that stuff i really kind of lead what i call spirit led life and i let spirit dictate what i'm doing next so some days it is me doing nothing at all other days it's me working really a lot so it really just depends
2: yeah i i deeply relate to that as well i often say it's getting the combination right. Like there are days when I feel like I do it where I ate the things that made me feel pretty well. I got the amount of sleep that makes me like have enough energy. You know, I got the caffeine ratio correct. Like everything kind of, I timed things well and it was like, okay, did it. And then there are other days where one of those things are off or all of them are off. And it's just being able to kind of, not attach too much to either way and be like, all right, some days you're going to hit it out of the park. Other days are going to be a little bit rough. But it's like being able to
0: kind of flow within that, I guess, maybe. Right. And just figuring out your flow, figuring out what works for you.
2: Yeah. Fully, so I want to go back to to the beginning. We all we always start with what you were like as a kid and what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I heard you say in another podcast that you were very close with your grandma, and I think she helped you foster your psychic gifts a bit. Can you talk about that and you know where you're from and what about that shaped you to where you are now?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I'm originally from Queens, New York. And I was born and raised there. And my grandmother was very integral part in my psychic development. Out of all of my cousins, I'm the only one on both sides of my family who does not have a brother or sister. So I am literally the only child. So it is very interesting just growing up where everybody has a pair or a brother or a sister, and I didn't. So it was very, I wasn't lonely for sure because I had a lot of cousins, but it was very introspective from a very early age. I knew I was by myself. I knew I had to look out for myself a lot and not in a bad way, but just in the way of, you know, you not having brothers or sisters. So you have that awareness very early on. So having my grandmother help me with my psychic gifts has definitely been just something that's to my advantage in a way, because I was able to get training to identify things, people and situations. And I didn't feel as crazy (laughs) as you know, one might, if they came from a family that didn't understand it.
2: Yeah, that's so it's so interesting, because I am also an only child. And i wonder if that makes us more introspective and more connected in that way and i love that 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 your gift was was fostered
0: yes it was on and off i mean like i said i had someone who i could talk to so it was that type of environment of you know sitting at the table with my grandmother and talking about my dreams and what i saw and who was there and all of that stuff so it it was really good for me and having that.
2: So then after growing up, what did you think you wanted to be when you grew up? Did you know that you would want to work in a career that was connected to
0: this? No, I didn't. I <laughs> there are so many careers that I wanted to do. I always knew that I would be I would be well known, but I just didn't know what for. There were several t- periods where I wanted to be a publicist um, for celebrities. I wanted to, you know, do that kind of thing, or I wanted to have a clothing line. It was a lot of different things that led me here. That kind of don't make sense, but they make sense because it all it all happened the way it was supposed to.
2: You've done so many different things. How does it all sort of weave together in the sense, like I see such a beautiful through line through it all, of like your connection to your psychic abilities and every, like each element of what you have done has led you to where you are now. Can you talk about specifically human design and how, because I think you became a life coach first and you always had a fascination with personal growth and self-development like me where do you think that came from
0: that I have no idea what that well no that's a lie that came from my grandmother too because my grandmother was very into self-development through certain preachers who were different had a different style so Eric Butterworth is a preacher that my grandmother really loved and she went to the Church of Unity And they talked a lot about spirituality there. So my grandmother had that background coming from a Catholic background. And then, you know, just being exposed to that, exposed to like the mind and you, your thoughts become things and all of that stuff. And then when I was in my teens, it was just more prevalent of like, I just had this kind of urge to pick up Tony Robbins books, to pick up books by Les Brown and all of these people who were just like talking about personal development. And it was just always really a part of me. And then of course my first love was astrology and I've always been into metaphysics and all of that. And Abraham Hicks was a very integral part of my development, just, you know, and the Seth books and all of that stuff. Like it was just something I was doing as a teen. And so as I started getting older, I was just like, oh, okay. I uh, and and I was always the person, even in my friend groups in junior high school, I was always the person where people would come to and like trust me and tell me things and ask me about stuff. It was always that type of thing. And as a child being psychic and you know, having that ability and giving people insight. And not really knowing what to call it was kind of interesting. So I always tell people, your purpose and your destiny, all you have to do is just keep on taking the steps and listen to what's happening. Listen to the things that are happening within your realm. Don't ignore those things that's probably really important is that we discredit the urges that we have and we discredit like our desires, but your desires are leading you towards your destiny and your purpose. So when you follow that and you follow those trails, those little trickles, it's like, oh, this is how I ended up here. This is how I ended up here. So it's never something that is just by chance, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah. I, there was this line on the Fiona Apple album that came out. I keep saying like early quarantine, but like March <laughs> and okay. she says, this was only leading me to that. And I'm, I always think about that, you know, of like you can't, you can't know. I mean, it's like that Steve Jobs quote of like you can't connect the dots forward, only going back. But yeah, I just really loved what you said of like following your feelings being present, you know, like there's so much in that. I feel like that's the through line of I I also, you know, from a not quite as young age, found this fascination with Abraham Hicks and these systems of thought that just felt really useful to me. And I feel like the part that I am constantly still learning because it's such a human condition to go away from is slow down, be present, listen to yourself. It's okay. You know, it's like, it's very
0: gentle actually. Right. And it is a gentle process. And as long as you are gentle to yourself, you're able to really listen and slow down and not judge yourself while you're going along that journey.
2: Yeah. I heard you speak about, like, speaking of gentleness on either one of your podcasts or an episode I heard you on of someone else's, but, you know, you were talking about you being a coach and, and how you give this really hard hitting advice over hand holding and how sometimes not everyone's ready for that how do you find balance in that of like what we're talking about with gentleness but also like sometimes gentleness doesn't actually work for me it's the it's more directness but it's really like a case by case basis can you talk a little bit about that
0: yeah, it really depends on the person. I think the people who do wind up in my coaching sphere, or people who really seek one-on-one attention from me, they are ready for the truth. They don't want someone to sugarcoat it. Um, a client of mine said, "It's I can fake it in therapy, I can't fake it with you." And I, you know, I really took that personally, and I was just like, "That's wow, that's a great analogy." And it's because. With me being a channel, me and my guides have this way of seeing a little bit deeper into what's going on. I have learned to follow my own clues when it came to you know, interacting with my guides and trusting them. And when I, I follow them, and even when it sounds crazy in my head, or they send me a vision, or it looks crazy, I just follow it. And it turns out to be right um, or it turns out to be the thing that the person needs to know at this time so through that following the clues in your life is sometimes going to be harder it's not going to be gentle sometimes when you make a move or you move into a different direction it's gonna suck because you gotta move and you gotta eliminate things or people have to go and all of these things so it's it's an up and down kind of process,
2: yeah, and it goes back to being present to to figure out, and it's changeable. you know, it depends on the day, like we keep going back to. Something I love about human design is how specific and tailored to each person it is in the sense of focusing on what you do have to work with, you know, And I think that that really speaks to the this conversation that we're having, you know, around individualization and and what works for one person isn't going to work for everyone. So we've had, like I said, I've had a couple episodes about human design and this system has made me feel more articulated than any other sort of personality test or astrology or system that I've found. And it's one of my favorites to speak about. And I'm assuming probably yours. (laughs) Could you talk about how you discovered it and what first drew you into it?
0: Well, I stumbled upon it and I was just moved to where I live now in the DC area and I was interning at a commercial photographer's studio because at the time I was starting my photography business. And of course, about two years before that, I had gotten my life coaching certification, but that really wasn't, you know, happening the way I wanted it to. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do film and video and all of that stuff. And that, you know, started working out. And so I was interning at a photographer's studio and the makeup artist there, she was a yogi and she was into all of these like esoteric kind of things. And she introduced me to Brad's kale chips. I remember <laughs> that very vividly. I'm like, oh, this is weird, but it tastes okay. And <laughs> she was just like, yeah, you know, I'm a manifesting generator and you got to find out about this thing called human design and all of that stuff and all of these things. And I was just like, oh, okay, let me find out. So she put me in contact with someone. They ran my chart because I was like, I'm, I'm totally a manifester because I just knew that, I'm a manifester because the Abraham Hicks. And I was like, yeah, I'm a manifester. Of course I am. (laughs) And I found that I was a projector and I was almost heartbroken and relieved at the same time. So I started just getting more into it and falling down a rabbit hole. And I started studying and learning. And a friend of mine at the time, we were going to open up a coaching kind of practice with human design. And do all these things. And then she decided that she didn't want to do it. And so I said, well, I don't want to do it by myself. And we had already spent some money on courses, books, and trainings. And I was just like, well, I'll just keep these things for myself and just practice and study how I can go along with it. And that's what I did. And then I just was reading people's charts at work, um, friends, family, analyzing coworkers and bosses and then i started putting myself out there on the internet on facebook and things like that and then i was just like oh i gotta show my face and then i just decided to do that and here i am (laughs) well
2: i'm so glad that you that you did and that you're here and you know i you give the best spiel about that i know you have to do on every podcast about the energy types and the aura types, meaning projector, manifestor, and I'm just gonna say that people can find that information. And I want to talk about some different elements of human design that I think are are really fascinating. But I guess before we do, and AC is so wonderful in her podcast and has like really great episodes for each. Um, or a type and explains this so clearly with examples of celebrities in a really fun way. So I'll link to a bunch of my favorites, but I'm curious. And I actually had a a friend of mine who I've gotten into your work and we were talking about this and she has, she had a question for you (laughs) that she was asking me. And it was, I love this system and it's helped me a lot, but I'm curious what your thoughts are of that, you know, this was created by this, a little bit of the history we can, hopefully you can maybe give to people as well, but it was essentially, you know, created by this white male and she was wrestling with that of like how, how it was created by this one person in the world that we live in now and everything that's happening right now. So is that something that you've at all had to wrestle with?
0: Yes. And that's why I bring something different to the human design system and to the community. And I think that's why people are attracted to me. For me, human design is a tool. It's almost like a tarot card for me. It is not the... It's more of a baseline foundation that I build off of. Me being a psychic channel, being someone who is all about spiritual self-development, being intuitive being psychic, all of that stuff. I bring all of that in my life experiences and me doing soul work to human design. So human design, for me, I had to tweak it. I had to learn about it differently for those reasons itself. It was made by a white man, a baby boomer at that. (laughs) So who, you know what I mean? So when I'm coming to it, it definitely... Was, oh, hey, this is great, but this doesn't apply to me as a black woman living in today's society. I have to tweak it for myself. And that's why, you know, I hear that a lot. You make it so relatable because my life is real. And I can't, you know, as a projector, just sit around and wait for an invitation that doesn't work for me as a woman. And most importantly, as a black woman, that doesn't work for me. So the people who are kind of like on the forefront who have studied in the beginning of this, you know, brought to it, they are coming from a very privileged perspective because they're, yeah, they can wait for invitations. Yeah, they can just do it or they can respond. And it's just like, no, that doesn't work for me. So I have to tweak it and make it my own.
2: Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. And, and I think I was, it's cool to hear you explain that because I think I gathered that like, I knew on some level, oh, this is interesting that this comes from a, a white male baby boomer, but it feels so relevant to me. But I'm t- I think I'm realizing now it feels relevant to me because it's coming from you. And yeah, I'm just happy to make that distinction because we were also thinking too that generators, uh, one of the aura types, being the most—and you'll correct me on on this—the most, like there's the most of them, right? Yes. Um, And you know that felt connected to capitalism in in a way, and it just like everything, you know. I think in personal growth, and it seems like we've had similar paths with that. It's like take what you want and take what what works, right? Leave what.
0: Yes, and leave the bullshit behind. <laughs> right. Exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you make this really great analogy about, I think you use IKEA in comparing human yes. design and, and astrology. Can you talk about that and how they work
0: together? Absolutely. So my whole analogy that I coined is if astrology is a finished IKEA bookcase or something that you built from IKEA, Human design is the little instruction booklet on how to build it. So that's because astrology is the finished kind of product. So it's almost like your natal chart is the, this is what you're destined to become or to be or to experience. Human design are the instructions along the way. It's more about your purpose or making decisions along the way to lead you towards your destiny.
2: Yeah, I love that. It's such a good, such a good distinction. Because I think you had on your Instagram today, the difference between purpose and destiny and...
0: Passion, yeah.
2: Passion, thank you. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Absolutely. I mean, it just comes really down to... Passion is more of like a strong kind of emotion or intense desire to do something. And then purpose is the reason why you are here. That's the reason why you were created it. That's the reason why you were born at the time you were born, on the date, in the town, all of that stuff. And then your destiny is something that you are destined to become or destined to go through or destined to meet. It's predetermined kind of course of an event or an experience that you cannot control. I love that distinction.
2: With that, I have some just kind of like human design sort of quickfire questions for you. <laughs> um, sure. That I think are interesting and, and maybe outside of the things that we normally talk about. But like I said, people often talk about these aura types that are so useful, and we keep mentioning that we're both projectors and. I would love to talk about some other elements of human design, but first with projectors, since we both are projectors and I'm, I've been thinking a lot about dating lately. <laughs> We're in okay. to a city and I'm sure you've spoken about this before, but I would love to hear your thoughts on with really all of the orotypes, but maybe you can start with projectors on your thoughts with that because of the line that I feel like a lot of people know about projectors, which is, The sentiment of waiting for the invitation.
0: What are your invitations? Are are very relative. An invitation can be someone looking you in the eye. Mm. It can be someone you know stumbling upon your page. It can be someone liking your photo, that's an invitation. It really depends. So when it comes to communication, it's really about you following the clues as a projector. The invitation also starts with yourself. So if you feel inclined to say something, that's an invitation. Mm. It doesn't necessarily always have to be about someone specifically saying, Hey, Katie, you want to go out with me? Maybe they're liking 15 of your pictures or saying, I really like that thing. That's an invitation to maybe inquire within or start something deeper.
2: That makes so much sense and feels so correct and true. Wow. Yeah. I think the wait for the invitation thing is kind of antiquated, like we were talking about before,
0: Baby boomer, white male said it that way. Right, like, oh, I'm just going to sit around and wait around for someone to acknowledge me and give me an opportunity. Like, no, I can't do that. That sounds crazy. Oh, that makes so much sense.
2: That makes so much sense. Thank you for explaining that. So I'm curious, you know, like we said, we were talking about these, the aura types, but I've heard you talk about authorities, which is another element of human design what other element is it authority or a different element that you draw the most information from outside of the aura types?
0: It would be your authority because author- I like to say your authority has the final say because um, mm. that's really how you make decisions once you do follow your strategy, once you are in the crux of you know, waiting for the invitation or responding or informing. It's like, okay, what's your authority if you get confused or lost along the way?
2: Can you talk about some of the different authorities?
0: I think so i I mine says I'm self-projected okay, so I'll talk about some of the main ones or the the highly the biggest populations which are emotional and sacral so. Emotional people make up 50% of the population and then sacral people make up around 33%. And then this trickles down for everyone else. So emotional authority people need to make decisions over time. They need to ride out the emotional wave. They need to come to an understanding through time and space and not making decisions right away. So I like to say that emotional inner authorities have to wait out the petty period. And so they have to give things time. And so then you have sacral inner authorities who are making decisions with their sacral center, whether it feels good or not. They're listening to that uh uh-huh or that uh uh-uh. And so that's really important for them. So they're making decisions in the moment, but it's about a feeling, whether it feels good. To them.
2: I know mine is that I basically need to talk things out all the time to other people being self projected. Is that, am I understanding that properly? So
0: the self projected, it's only, I think, less than a percent, it's like half a percent or something yeah. for you all as a self projected inner authority. It's not that you need to talk things out to other people, you need to talk things out to figure out what comes out of your mouth. That's yeah. how you make the decision. So yes, you can have an audience, but if you want to just start talking things out, just in general, just to talk, what comes out of your mouth helps you make that decision.
2: Yes, that makes so much sense. So my, my good friend in New York is a human design leader as well. And she always uses me as the example for this because so I wrote a book about journaling. It was a self-help book about journaling, which is hilarious for this type because essentially it's me talking it out with myself all the
0: time. You know, that's right. why that so useful to me. Exactly, exactly. And that's why it helps you because it's all about that, Talking it out loud, so you don't have to call a friend if you don't want to. Just sit right. in your living room and just start talking out the problem, and then you'll figure it out as you hear your voice.
2: Totally. So, what are you? What's your authority?
0: I'm an emotional inner authority, so I'm making those decisions over time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's just. I I think it's so interesting to to talk to use human design to get to know other people and just like have a framework to use it, to talk about people in our lives. You know, I I brought it up and talked about it with my family. Like, I guess my question for you with that is then where do you recommend people starting with human design or, or just being able to like use it as a way to kind of like we're doing right now, get to know each other and have a conversation. I think that's actually really interesting.
0: The first thing I always tell people, because you can fall down a rabbit hole. Everybody's always like, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And yeah. of course I would get, you know, my chart read if, you know, and have me read your chart. <laughs> that would be a good step. But most importantly, when you do fall down that rabbit hole, just focus on your strategy and authority. Do not worry about all the intricacies of the chart. It's going to confuse you and it's not going to be useful for you in the beginning of your journey or as they say in human design your experiment you want to focus on the basics which are your strategy and your authority what does it mean to respond what does it mean to wait for the invitation what does it mean to inform people all of that stuff and then focus on that authority Your self-projected what does that mean okay it means i need to talk out when i'm having issues and then i'll come to a conclusion in that moment for me, as an emotional inner authority, it means that I need to you know, wait out this period and before I make a decision so I can feel the highs and lows. Focus on that for a while and then move on to some of the other details of the chart that help you out. Because human design is a great tool, but you want to take it in steps so you know how to use it properly. Because if you don't know what to do with the information, it's just like another information gathering kind of thing. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. We can do yeah. more than information gather because that's what people like to do. And what we yeah. all do at times is we spend this crazy time just information gathering.
1: Yeah, fully. Totally. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Nutrafol. So it's a supplement that I've been using to grow my hair My hair's been breaking and I've really been loving this supplement lately. 30 million women are impacted by weakening or thinning hair. And if you're among them, know that you're not alone and there's a solution that can deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back their hair with Nutrafol and many users are really raving about the supplement that has helped their hair and restored their confidence even too nutriful offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness and less shedding through all stages of life Healthier hair takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, longer, faster-growing hair in about three to six months. In a clinical study, about 86% of women reported that their hair growth improved after six months, which is super cool. And more than 2,500 healthcare professionals recommended Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. I've been trying it and I so far so far so good so far I love it and I'm hoping that in six months I'll have longer hair too. Their best offer anywhere is this one, which is 20% off at neutrophil.com, spelled N U T R A F O L.com. Promo code let it out. Again, that's the best offer they have anywhere. And it's for 20% off at neutrophil.com, spelled N U T R A F O L. Dot .com with the promo code let it out. That's 20% off the first month of any subscription for new customers. Thank you Nutrafol, for supporting Let It Out. Thank you for supporting the sponsors. Today's episode is also brought to you by Orgain. Orgain is a supplement, a smoothie. They have so many products that I've really been loving and I've been sharing them with my old roommates who are loving them and putting them in their smoothies after their runs. But you know, if you're you're like me, we're constantly looking for the best nutrition to help us stay healthy and active and feeling our best and you know it's difficult to find a a protein powder and something that you really love and I'm so happy that Orgain is something that I found that's a real life changer. Orgain has all kinds of products to fit your active lifestyle, nutrition shakes, protein powder, meal powders, bars, even almond milk. Orgain products are food-based, completely organic vitamins and minerals that taste delicious and provide maximum nutrition. I've been using the Orgain protein shake and it makes me feel energized and keeps me keeps me going. And I really like the taste. You know, I think that's really important here. And you can mix it with other things, which I do. And I really love it. Orgain promises to never use any unnecessary fillers or artificial ingredients or preservatives like GMOs. They're all about just good nutrition. Plus, Orgain ships right to your door. You can even get reoccurring deliveries of your favorite products for free. Free delivery. Really cool. Thank you again, Orgain. I finally have these great products to keep me going and maximize my nutrition. And right now, you can save 20% off your first order. Plus, when you subscribe, you can save even more. Go to tryorgain.com slash let it out. That's com slash let it out. That's T-R-Y-O-R-G-A-N.com slash let it out for 20% off your order, plus extra savings when you subscribe. Tryorgain.com slash let it out. Thanks, or Thanks,
2: I've been thinking a lot about self-worth and just noticing my areas of low self-worth and, and and how that is I think from like an Abraham Hicks perspective, like I listened to a really interesting video of of Abraham talking about expectation and how our beliefs are, you know, these thoughts we think a lot of times and they're Often subconscious, and they're kind of running the show and then but below that are, is, is like an expectation of like a knowing that something that we're, we're that we're really not even aware of, and it's like shifting that expectation and doing that when you're feeling up or like you're feeling like you're as they would say in the vortex, but I'm noticing a lot of my low self worth around all sorts of different things, but when when that comes up, I guess my question for you. You know, human design has been helpful to be for me to sh- focus on the good and focusing on amping up the good instead of so much in so many other areas in personal growth or therapies that I've done. I can feel like there's so far to go. You know what I mean? Like there's so much to deprogram or change or shift that it can be quite overwhelming. Where there's something quite comforting about the way you've described human design and interacting with your work that's like, all right, this is what I do have to work with this time around. I might not have everything, but this is what I have to work with. So I guess using all of your tools, like as a life coach and as a, and with human design, or what would you say when feeling like that, right? With like low self-worth and feeling like, it's not even like not living my potential, but like feeling a bit off. Like what, what do you do then personally? Or what would you tell, tell your clients when it's reprogramming some of those subconscious beliefs?
0: Well, that takes a lot of inner work, a lot of inner healing, a lot of you know that whole thing where you talk about doing the work it 's going back and seeing what is actually working for you, what 's not working for you, how you can uh it's so many it's it's not one answer because it just depends on what 's happening when you're out of alignment the universe will let you know because things start falling apart. You start falling apart. You're tired. You don't feel good. Um, All of these things can happen and it's not about one thing. So getting back into alignment is, I mean, I guess the one thing that's universal would be slowing down and really paying attention. Okay, what doesn't feel good? What does feel good? What am I not paying attention to? What am I paying attention to? That whole thing. Does that yeah. make sense?
2: Yeah, it makes so much sense. And thank you. I think the one thing that I really got from that Abraham video is that she said, the time to do the reprogramming work and the time to write a new expectation and the time to write your positive aspects and, and focus on what you do want and that vision is not when the world is reflecting back to you, your negative belief, meaning like, the parking ticket happens or you stub your toe or like the negative thing happens, right? It's when you're feeling kind of high, that's when you do it. And those times where like the world is reflecting back to you, what, what isn't what you w- don't want. That's the time to, as they say, stop momentum and go to sleep or distract or watch a TV right, or do, or you ra- know, do something. S exactly. Something. something. <laughs> exactly. And that really resonated with me because it's like, yeah, I just, I think my tendency is to try to fix it and make it go away. And sometimes you just have to sit in those moments until you feel the ping of, of inspiration or the invitation or, you know, so when you're, when you're having a bad day, what do you do to pivot?
0: Mm I don't have bad days. <laughs> and what I mean by that is my bad day is usually a signal for me to slow down or rest. Yeah. So I do that. So it's not really a bad day. I, it, it's just a, hmm, like I said, what am I not paying attention to? Or what should I be doing? And that's why I really start off and I ask spirit every day, like, what should I do? Should I rest today or should I do some work? And if the thing is rest, I... Fulfill the commitments that I have to do with that is on my schedule and the rest of the day I work I mean, I I rest and that's it and then I wait go to the next day and sometimes my body Is just like, you know what you should be resting and Then I rest so it really depends I found that listening to my body listening to what's going on Is beneficial to me. Um some days are better than others. And sometimes I'm super in the groove and like just ready and doing work and in the flow. And other days I'm exhausted and I'm just like, I need a break. And then I take a break. And you listen. Yes. And I listen.
2: I love that. I'd love to know more of your thoughts on growth and change and what you've learned through being in process, you've talked on the podcast about a lot of change and growth that you've gone through.
0: Yes, growth and change are inevitable. It's whether or not you are going to be ready <laughs> to do it and go through it. Change is good, um, especially when you're doing the work on yourself. Change can be a phenomenal experience. Sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to feel amazing. And other times you won't feel anything. But when you are changing, it means that you want to live a life that is in more alignment with who you are. We get conditioned so much by our friends, family, religion. And when we make the decision to change, we're really taking a stand. And advocating for ourselves and advocating for our souls and saying, you know what, I want to live a life that is more in alignment with who I came here to become. Who I want to become now, um, who I'm destined to become, who my soul is begging and yearning and pulling me to become. And when you make that declaration, change is going to happen. So it's something that you can't get around. But as you move forward and as you change, what's on the other side is pretty magical because it's your true self. It's the core being of who you are. It's what your soul wants. And we should always be going in the the direction of what our soul wants.
2: Mm, I love that so much. Thank you. Speaking of growth and change, (laughs) 2020 has been um, a year of a, a lot of that, I think you shared some positive predictions for the rest of the year. And I would love to hear your perspective on what's to come energetically since 2020 has been such an interesting year so far. I'd love to hear anything that you are predicting for the
0: rest of it. The rest of this year is going to be about being open to the possibilities. I. Think what quarantine did for us is it opened us up to a lot of things. For one, um, you know the government has money; they can create it and make it happen when they want yeah. to. Um, that you know some of us are working too much or too hard. That we can work from home and still be as effective. The industries are changing. I think what is Really, most important is that people are becoming awakened to truly their callings and really what they want to do. Just getting by and just feeling safe and just going with the flow is really not going to be good enough. Um, And I hate to say it like that, but people are going to desire more, they're going to want more. They're going to request more from themselves, from anybody who they interact with. No longer are the days of working at jobs that you hate because life is not promised or guaranteed. So why would I go somewhere even on a Zoom call that I don't like? So, you know, it's really about opening us up to the possibilities of choice and having the life that we truly desire. And that's really what I'm predicting. I think that next year, of course, is going to be a lot more less tight, <laughs> less strenuous on us. I think that a lot of people are going to have an opportunity to really step into their true callings, their passion. People are going to they're already doing a lot of soul work. And everyone's going to be moving towards a better future for themselves, for their family. Everything is going to just feel like a new start
2: mm.
0: towards a new direction.
2: That sounds really nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, it it is. And it can be for everyone if you allow it to happen.
2: Mm, yeah. Wow. Anything we can do to to allow it to happen is there do you have any like specific advice
0: absolutely surrender that's the biggest thing surrender I
2: want to get to the quickfire questions but I, I would love to talk about sleep a little bit and your sleep routine and good night darling and you know I know you have an interesting relationship to
0: sleep can you talk
2: about that and, and founding that company
0: sure I mean it all stems from my psychic abilities and me struggling sleeping and astral projecting as a teen and having really detailed dreams. And through that, you know, me wanting to sleep and not experience these psychic things, I started taking over the counter sleep medications, you know, that you can just get NyQuil, the Benadryl, that you can just get, you know, at your local pharmacy. And, you know, by the time I was in college, I was, you know, on two and a half, almost three Tylenol PMs and really just kind of addicted to over-the-counter sleep medications. And then, you know, I had a few things happen in my life, deaths and changes. And that caused me to, you know, get prescription, you know, drugs from the, you know, from the therapist. And then I became addicted to that. And so it really was about me weaning myself off of sleep medication. And I developed and started learning and studying about smells and scents and teas and herbal remedies to help do that. And so that's how it really was developed, just from a need of me taking myself off of over-the-counter sleep medications and then I put it to the side of course because I was doing something else and then I came back to it and then I started the company and then you know it's still where it is now.
2: Can you talk about it and, and your products and a little bit more about it? I'll obviously link to it but I love when a company has such meaning behind it and comes from such a genuine place i love that story
0: yeah so i mean i do teas and tinctures candles room sprays all helping people sleep better and create better sleep routines so for me i don't use over-the-counter sleeping medications anymore unless like i really have an allergy because i am allergic to my dog (laughs) but that's another (laughs) story And I practice just better sleep practices with going to bed early, trying not to put my cell phone next to my bed, um, going to bed an hour early, you know, sleeping with an eye mask on, all of those things to just incorporate a better sleep, making sure I take a bath instead of a shower at night. Tons of things.
2: I love that. So we often end with, Quick fire questions, and one of them is morning and evening routines. So you kind of gave us your evening routine, but what about the morning? What are the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning, and how does that affect how the rest of your day goes?
0: So, in the morning, I start off with my five, four, three, two, one, um, and just getting out of the bed when mm-hmm. I want to sleep more. And then I usually go check on my dog and, you know, tell her good morning. And then I open up all of the curtains um, or the blinds in my place to bring some sunlight in. And then, you know, we go for a little walk in the morning. Then I come back. I maybe turn on some music, prep in my coffee. And then after I do that, I take a shower. Then I, you know, open up, you know, my journal and I sit down to channel and see what spirit has for that day. And then, I might do some other rituals with candles or just asking questions if I need to know something. And then I look at my calendar and see what I have planned and then I get my day started. So it's pretty easy. And then, you know, on some days I'll, you know, go work out and I'll go for a walk right after I walk my dog and then I'll do the same thing.
2: I love that. That sounds lovely. Okay, these quick fires are some of them are a bit longer, but some of them are Really easy, and you can just say the first thing that that comes to your mind. So, what is the best thing you've eaten in the last week?
0: Oh, the best thing I've eaten in the last week were probably um, Whole Foods um, vegetable, uh, what are they called? Cheese, vegetable pot stickers, cheese.
2: <laughs> oh, cool, yum. My mom loves those. They're so good. They're delicious. It sounds so good. I feel like that's a good, like, fall thing. Is there anything that you're most looking forward to after quarantine?
0: I mean, quarantine is not going to end any time that we think it is. It's never going to go back to normal. So I guess probably travel. Traveling is probably what I'm looking more, most forward to is traveling to places that are not on the list right
2: now. Mm, yeah, me too. What's your favorite part of your life right now? <sighs>
0: Gosh, that's such a loaded question. My favorite part of my life is probably the freedom that I have. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's always, I think, something with entrepreneurship that we get to have, you know. And I think I heard you speak about entrepreneurship and saying that not everyone is maybe meant to be an entrepreneur. Can you talk about that and any lessons that
0: you've gotten on entrepreneurship? yeah I mean that's just yeah, like I said, everyone's not meant to do it, and it's easier for you to find that out sooner or later. <laughs> that's what I'll say, and some people do try and force it and try and you know make it happen, but sometimes, because people don't there are certain people who don't want to do the work, shoot some days, I don't want to do the work, but I know that I have to do the work um and I have to set up myself so the work becomes easier. But there are some people who are really comfortable with just going to work, doing their job and collecting a check because there is freedom in that, especially if your job is secure. You really live a different life. You know, you can plan for vacations. You can go away and not worry about stuff. But it is also limiting as well. So there's, positives and negatives to both. But I believe entrepreneurs are born, they are not created. That's just my personal... Because there comes a time in an entrepreneur's life where you're in the corporate rat race and you're going from job to job and things really just don't work out because you don't belong there and it just doesn't work out for you. So... It's a very interesting place to be (laughs) when that's the case, when you are an entrepreneur.
2: Yeah. Speaking of that, and you do so many different things, do you have any organizational tips or ideas that have helped you organize your life to not feel overwhelmed by all the different projects you have?
0: No, I don't have any because I'm bad at that. But... As I am building my team and hiring people, it is becoming easier. So the goal is to make sure that, you know, as you hire people, that they help you out and that they fill in the blanks that the things that you're not good at. Any smart entrepreneur will say that. Just hire your weaknesses and your life will be a lot easier.
2: Yeah, same. (laughs) What's your greatest lesson on creativity?
0: I would say I have sort of an old school approach just how I was taught from people that I know is, especially in the social media kind of era, it's very hard for you to isolate yourself when you're putting yourself out there. But if you can do your best to not see other people in your industry, you know, so you don't get any influence. So everything Mm. that you create is literally from your own kind of source. Because influence is very easy now. You know, you can see a red ball and then you'll see a red shoe and all of these trickling kind of effects will happen in a way. And then you'll be inspired to create a red dress. And so it's just like, was that red dress really something that you needed to create or was it because you had influence with everything around you? kind of thing
2: yeah oh that's such a good one because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before of like cutting out the noise it's like getting quieter you know i think that's when the creative impulse can be heard more and if yes. the noise of other people i had i had an interesting experience with that that i haven't really talked about on the podcast but a couple years ago several years ago because i started doing this in 2013 i was like picking up the mannerisms of some podcasters that I loved. And it was really sad that I had to stop listening, but I knew that it would negatively affect the work by me subconsciously even taking this in. Right. That's such, that's such great advice. When do you feel the most creative?
0: Probably in the shower and at night. Mm. <laughs> that's when I feel the most creative.
2: Do you ever like have an idea where you feel like you have to like rush and get your phone out and catch it?
0: Yes, that usually happens in the middle of the night.
2: <laughs>
0: and do you do that? Do
2: you get up and like write it down?
0: Either write it down or I find my phone without my glasses on and I bust open a note tab and then I start writing. And it, sometimes it comes out a little crazy.
2: Yeah, I recently did that the other night where like I woke up from a dream and it wasn't even an idea. It was just like a thought that I thought was so profound. almost like something that like felt like a therapy breakthrough or something, like of seeing a situation clearer. And I wrote it down, I looked it in the morning and like A, it didn't even make any sense. And B, I was like, it's not even that good. But you know, you're just in the moment. Like (laughs) I really thought it was everything. You've talked about your voice before on the podcast and you've talked about your relationship to finding your voice. And you know, what is your relationship? with it now and what has it taught you to be seen more
0: me and my voice are happily married (laughs) (laughs) at this point my speaking voice in general the tone the cadence is extremely powerful it's extremely intoxicating for people so I'm aware of that more now than ever people love listening to me I hear this probably three or four or five times a day from random people or people who are just meeting me. Like, I love your voice. Your voice is incredible. And so me stepping into that and, knowing that for a long time but really coming to the actualization like okay your voice is powerful your voice is a thing this is a part of your gift it's okay so I need to use it more I need to speak more I need to say what's on my mind more so it's just more of me stepping into my voice more confidently
2: I love that what helped you with
0: that trial and error is just about me it wasn't any kind of thing it was just me keeping on talking and keeping on even listening to my voice or I mean yes unfortunately yes it was you know people saying wait your voice is amazing this is great this is amazing all of this stuff and it's just like oh maybe my voice is kind of good but you know like I said what people have to understand is that people have been talking about my voice or the sound of my voice since I was a very young child, since I was in my teens and how I had a nice voice and people have been prophesizing, if you want to say like, oh, her voice is going to do so many things and all of that stuff. And there was a point where I hated my voice. I hated the way that I sounded. And so that is just something, it's always been something about my voice. And so it was just coming to terms with that was kind of challenging.
2: What is your greatest lesson on friendship?
0: You're asking me person. <laughs> oh gosh! So because I'm a projector, because I there's a lot of things in my charts that lead me to, and I'm an only child. Friendship for me is a two way street, but it's also something that is not forced. Um, I will, if someone does not value me or appreciate me on a friendship level, I notice that and I pull away. Or if someone has an issue with me that doesn't gel with them, I don't try to fix that. Meaning that if there's something that someone does not like or if it's not gelling with who they are, I can't change who I am to make it better for them. So my approach or thoughts on friendship are really a natural coming together. Sometimes people will come in and out of your life for seasons, reasons. Some people will be there for a lifetime. I let that happen naturally. The people who are a consistent figure in my life, friendship wise, they're always here. It's never in and out. It's constant, you know, we might not see each other every day, we might not talk every day. But when we do, it's there. So and there are some people who I thought were friends, and the bond was broken due to something either I did, or they did. And it's just unrepairable. So friendship is, it's a tricky place sometimes. But what I know for sure is that I don't want to force anything, I don't want to force myself, I don't want to change myself to accommodate anybody. Um, So if we're friends, it's going to mesh, it's going to gel. I
2: love that. Greatest lesson on family.
0: Family is what you make it and is not what you were born into. Mm. I would probably say that Um, family can be the people who you've gelled with and you've figured out your life together in college it could be your actual family sometimes you don't fit in to you know your birth family and sometimes you find family and strangers but it's where you can figure out where you belong and that's what matters
2: greatest lesson on romantic relationships
0: oh gosh we might need an- another two hours on this <laughs> i would say The greatest lesson, and this is coming from me, I'm a woman who dates cisgendered men. (laughs) Um, So, you know, that's another topic there. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the greatest lesson is love should not and will not be hard. Don't let anybody convince you of that. Like when people say, oh, marriage is hard. That's BS. And I've never been married, but th- that's there's no way that the person who you're supposed to be with and the person who, you know, has been assigned to you as a life partner that it's supposed to be hard. Will it be challenging and you'll have some communication issues here and there? Absolutely. But it's not, I don't like the word hard for it. And I don't think that love should be hard. Yes, it will challenge you, but it shouldn't be hard. And you shouldn't, oh, the biggest thing is you shouldn't force anything with anybody. That's not worth it.
2: Oh, that was really good. And I needed to hear that today. (laughs) What do you do when you feel overwhelmed or disorganized or like you don't have time? Is there anything you do to, I'm sure there's lots of things you do to try to prevent that. But if that does ever happen, is there anything you do to correct that?
0: I slow down, I take a breath and I probably will cry. Crying for me is very cathartic and a release. And so I'll, you know, I'll cry and then I'll pick myself up and say, okay, let me get it together and let's focus on the next thing that I can do.
2: Yeah, love that. We always talk about body image a bit on this show and confidence and I'd love to hear if you've ever struggled with not feeling great in your body or I call it having a bad body image day or not feeling confident physically in any way, what do you do to to pivot that if that's happened? And how do you cultivate confidence when you're feeling that way?
0: Oh gosh, I would say hello, quarantine 15. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like uh, everybody's dealing with their own quarantine issues. I would say finding the goodness in who you are like looking in the mirror and just pointing out one thing that you like there's one thing that you like about yourself so for me and I, this is just you know candid um because I had a breast reduction and a breast lift i love my boobs so you know there'll be times when i'll get out of the shower and i'm not feeling too great but then i look at my boobs and i'm like they're awesome and like, and I'll even tell people, I have awesome boobs because I, I do. Love um, and so that's like, you know, sometimes that's my go-to or my eyes. Like I find one thing that I truly love and that I just love on myself. Like, oh, look at your boobs. They're amazing. Like my boobs are amazing. Like I really love them. And I'm just like, oh, look at your boobs. You're so lucky. Mm-hmm. And I'll even take a nude selfie here and there just for myself with my boobs because that just makes me feel good.
2: I love that so much. So good. Wow. I want to ask you so many more things. What are you most curious about right now?
0: Oh, that's who I am most curious about how I can impact more people with my voice and how I can help people answer their soul's calling. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm most curious about. And that's the truth. I
2: love that. So this last question is really just a way to recommend things. So letting out anything that you have been loving or all time favorites. So book, music, podcast, TV show, movie, writer, food, just really like anything that's coming to mind that you want to shout out and recommend to people.
0: Absolutely. Well, it's actually two books that I've been recommending probably like the last two weeks is Creative Visualization by, I always pronounce her name wrong, but it's Shakita Gowen. It's a phenomenal book. It's a classic. And also by Tosha Silver, It's Not Your Money. I restarted reading that again. Um, Those are probably my go-tos just when it comes to abundance, visualizing the life that you want and trying to set up your life the way that you want to look at it. That's been really important for me is to stay in the high vibration of the mind and not to slip down slippery slopes of backward thinking or lack of mindset kind of thinking.
2: Anything else um, that you've been watching or...
0: I've been you watching that you trash. On the <laughs> <laughs> so, just to, because I am so connected to people and emotions, and me being a channel, I like to do things that don't require me to think. So that is a lot of mindless TV. That's a lot of reality shows. That's either watching a movie over and over again. So. It's it's not gonna be this enlightened kind of thing. You know, I'm watching ninety day fiance and real housewives and you know, RuPaul's drag race. So it's not, you know, it's just those things that really help me relax in that moment.
2: I love that. I love that. Yeah, I find that like I also watch the same movies over and over again. I didn't really know why I did that on the same T V shows. But yeah, it's like I like to know what I'm getting into. I like to know how this is gonna make me feel and it's a time commitment so I want to know I'm gonna I want the security of knowing I'm gonna enjoy it and also not have to think in my rest time
0: right exactly
2: wow well did I squeeze you for all your juice is there anything else that you wish that I would have asked that you want to let out anything that you never get to talk about that you wish that you could share
0: oh gosh I would just probably nothing to Just you know, my channeling abilities are getting stronger. I'm gonna compile all of my channeling into a book um, and figure that out, and probably have a series of books on what I'm receiving from my guides. And that's pretty much it. I mean, follow the journey, come along the you know ride over on my social media and everywhere else, and it's gonna be exciting. (laughs) If you want to know about soul work and Figuring out your soul, it's gonna be exciting. that's really all I can say
2: mm, yeah i I can't recommend your work more and I'll have the links to all of it and I just think you're really wonderful and i I really appreciate you spending time with me and yeah, I'm really grateful for you as a, a person I just know on the internet but now have had this conversation with and yeah, I'm just happy that you we were able to do this
0: well, thank you so much for having me it's a total blessing to be here
2: hmm. well okay so we always end um letting out a deep breath together are you down absolutely okay so inhale let it out
1: ah. that always feels good yes it does <laughs> okay that was my episode with ac brown like i said Follow her everywhere on the internet She's truly lovely and I'm so happy that She did the podcast A couple favorites things that I've Been loving that I want to share Here I don't know If this will be quick But I have been loving A Song that my friend Christine, who's a DJ, who I feel like I talk about in every episode, posted on her Instagram and was in one of her DJ sets. So I'll link to that if you want something cozy to listen to. I've also been doing ceramics because of Christine and enjoying that. I mean, enjoying is maybe not the word. (laughs) It's sometimes so frustrating, but I'm happy that I'm doing it. She has Saran Wrap and that is her ceramics... Website where you can buy a lot of the things you see me have on my story and in my apartment, which brings me to the next thing that I've been doing lately. And if you follow me on Instagram, that's what you've been seeing. But my apartment that has really beautiful light and is still pretty empty, I'm filling it slowly with art and furniture and people, little by little. So if you want any more photos or visuals of that just you know follow me on Instagram and speaking of Instagram I have really been enjoying Mark Maron who inspires me endlessly through the way he does what the fuck with Mark Maron his um, WTF podcast that he's been doing forever he's been doing these morning Instagram lives where he just sits there and drinks his coffee and talks about the state of the world and how he's feeling and his records and his cats and for some reason I find it very cozy. So that's a few things that I've been enjoying lately. Maybe buy a ceramic from my friend Christine. I can tell you my favorites. I have the boot that is also a striker that holds matches. I have a very special bowl I have a donut. I have a lot of it. I'm very lucky. I will talk to you next week. It's a happy Thank You More Please episode. I haven't done one of those in a while. If you don't know what that is, it's a series that is crafted on the concept of gratitude and creating space to talk about what we love and make room for what we want more of and I am speaking to two of my best friends in an episode we recorded a couple months ago and I just can't wait for you to hear it so that's coming up next week I will link to the first happy thank you more please episode with the filmmaker of the movie happy thank you more please Josh Radner in the show notes and I will talk to you then love you bye